No ketchup. No ketchup. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick with me as always. NFL Week 3 recap. We're going to talk about the biggest games. Is the AFC West a little fugazi, a little suspect? (laughs) We're going to go into that. We got to have an honest talk about Justin Fields. He struggled at home against the Texans. He didn't struggle on the road in Buffalo. We'll talk, uh, we'll talk those details and where we're at with that. New Pro Bowl. Are we going to watch it? couple changes. It's now the Pro Bowl games. We got a lot to talk about, man. Tuesday morning. You know what time it is. No catch up. We here. Big Nick the Quick. What's happening? How we feeling? Oh, the Nike. I like this coffee mug. The Nike you mug. You like that? Yeah, that joint is hard. Nike I mean, joint? Yeah, Thanks, that joint bro. is tough. I need that. Yeah. Okay. I, sh- I send you a couple of those. I just yeah, got yeah. Off, uh, I got them off. I think I got them off eBay. I need to upgrade my porcelain. That's nice. Yeah, man. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have a couple. You gotta feel good. A little, when you drink a little, a little, a little swoosher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's going on, man? I'm great, man. I'm wonderful. Victory Tuesday. Let's get it. Victory Tuesday, man. That's what <laughs> kinda. they say. Kinda. Yeah, kinda. Total win total at DraftKings is still six and a half, which I thought was pretty funny. Interesting. Two wins. And the total hasn't really moved whatsoever. but Because you know. this team's not pulling another five wins out of their hat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that, no question. Um, I want to talk to you to kick off the show. The, the inflation around these parts is insane. Yes. Like, forget about anything you want to go grab in New York City that you think is trivial. It is not. <laughs> It's gonna run you. It's gonna run you some extra bread, and I don't even want to get into it. I just had to get that off my chest, man. I went to go get. Uh, I just went to go get a little sandwich this morning, a little breakfast burrito, eleven fifty. It's like, yeah. hey man, we're getting, hey, we're getting, we're getting took out here. I'm trying to tell you, like, Dude, we're, we're getting, getting took, killed know, out we're, here. We're, bro. we're getting, we're getting absolutely took. Gas, housing, <laughs> milk, everything minus one fifty out here. Water. <laughs> They said Costco might up the price of the hot dog and drink 150 thing. They don't know if they can do it anymore. You know, it's all bad out here, man. I was in Denver last week um, and we were just driving around. And sometimes when I'm in an area, I like to look at like, you know, the real estate, see how much an area costs. Right. Yeah. So I'm driving down regular street. We're just looking at like regular houses. Right. Just like a regular, like single family, maybe the size yeah. of the house that I live in right now. Right. Yeah. 1.2. Yeah. Fixer Easy. uppers. Fixer uppers, one fixer uppers, one point two million. <laughs> Gas is five dollars out here, man. Like everything minus one fifty. Where the one tens at? Where the even Nothing, money man. plays at? No even everything money plays minus one sixty five, bro. It's it's rough out here, man. It's it's rough out here. They're talking about the state of Illinois might send you a fifty dollars stimulus check. Come on, man. Can't drive a fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. Oh, yeah, come on. Cut the a shit, fitty man. piece. <laughs> why y'all spitting in our face like that? Come on, come man. Come on, Cut man. What do you, you want me to do with that, man? I can't get across the street for $50 right now. Yeah. But it is crazy, man. Like, even, like, small shit. I think I took Mia to McDonald's the other day, and the shit was, like, $9.80. I'm like, $9.80 at McDonald's. Hold on. Crazy. It's a big crazy. chicken. 
Yeah. out here, man. Just keep right, your head above water it. out there, everybody. Keep your head above water. You <laughs> let's talk about some of these well-paid NFL football players that are probably stealing. We, we, a lot of people are stealing. But anyway, we won't even we, – we're going to start on a positive. Wait. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, can we talk about one who isn't well-paid right now that should be? But, you talking about? Don't, I don't even want to talk about this, Lamar. <laughs> yeah, let's if talk Lamar, about. Hey, look, Lamar's this is what I've decided. Historic start to the season. <laughs> Listen, if Lamar not going to talk about it, I, I'm not speaking on it no more. We we already we already laid out exactly where we stand. In three on Lamar. games, Lamar has eight touchdowns, killing folks through the through the I air, killing folks through the ground. <laughs> his if he keeps this pace up, he's on pace for like 6,200 total yards. Yep. Like 90 touchdowns. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you, know, you know what else is on pace for? No deal. No deal. That's cool, though. I think he's locked in. He's ready for that. So, he looks locked, he yeah. looks locked in to me. You already know. All right, let's um let's talk about NFL Week 3. We had uh, the Jaguars apparently are real. My two right. takeaways, because I said this on MSG yesterday <laughs> on the Betting Exchange, my two takeaways are the Eagles are the real deal. They've somehow – let's talk about the Eagles. Yeah, let's The Eagles have flipped – <clears throat> they're a pass-first offense now all of a sudden. Yeah. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, they are lethal. They are loaded on, on a, from a roster standpoint. It just shows you, you go fill out a roster the right way, and they're not just beating people, man. They are dominating folks, giving up quite a bit of, quite a bit of yards on the road, except when you're playing Carson Wentz. They got – they got – I think this also is a big tell that Detroit's offense is very solid because the Eagles – the Vikings played the Eagles. They got locked up. The Commanders were at home and got blanked, basically. They had eight points super late in the game. Yeah. They are dominating people, and they have it. They were – last year, they were a run-first offense. There was games where they had 40, 45 carries, 200, 230, 40, 50 it yards. It looked like the Bears on Sunday. Exactly. And now yeah. they haven't had a game this year yet with a hundred plus. That's insane. Yeah. They they are so balanced, so loaded on a, from a roster standpoint. Jalen Hurts looks amazing. It's uh it's, it's it's they look real nice out in Philadelphia. Well, so let's let's talk about a couple of things that the Eagles did, right? So number one, obviously they believed in Hurts. I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but they had yeah. a lot of opportunities to go out and get other quarterbacks. They had the cap space, they had the draft capital to do so. And they kept believing in Hurts, right? Even when people like Sean Little were, were banging the drum of Jalen Hurts is not a quarterback. You know, he can't I throw was. the deep ball, this, that, and the third. Um, through it all, he's always been a winner, though. I don't think anyone's ever questioned just that kind of that it factor that he has. I know it's cliche. We talk about that all the time. But the guy yeah. is a winner. He's a leader. Yeah. Obviously, teams, uh, the, the players around him follow him. He obviously ascended this year. But with that ascension is they put the right pieces around him, right? And where did they start building for Jalen Hurts? Where's the area that they started building? Where was the one thing that we knew was going to be good on the Philadelphia Eagles this year? What was it? The offensive line. Yeah. Put a bunch of maulers in front of them. Yep. Good, solid offensive line that's job was to protect the quarterback and maul people in the run game. You drafted Devontae Smith, who we knew last year, okay, it might take a while, a little skinny guy. He's not going to be as open as he was in college. In Alabama, I've never he seen anybody well more last open. Year, though. No, no, he did. He did. But I'm saying yeah. Alabama, I've never seen anybody more open. Last year he played well, but like you said, it was in a run-heavy offense. He comes out this year, he's ready to go. And then what else do you do? You go out and you get A.J. Brown. Completely underrated move when it happened, but now you kind of got this lightning and thunder thing at receiver. You got a quarterback who's dynamic and growing. 
You got a run game you haven't had to use yet, but it's going to be there when you need it. I don't. I'm not. I'm not worried about their ability to run the back the ball. It's just the passing game looks so good for them, and Jalen Hurts looks so yeah. decisive right now that yeah. they're throwing the ball around, right? But man, for me, um, this from a roster building standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, I think this guy Sirianni is absolutely the real deal. That team yeah. has an identity, and. I think it's only going to go up from here, man. Like you could see them getting better, right? Not just this year, but going forward. Um, I just love what they've done, man. But it really started with building that offensive line. If you have a quarterback where you have some questions about him or you want to kind of ease it in, you know the best way to ease your quarterback in? On his feet, not on his ass. It's pretty straightforward Hurts, to me. Um, yeah, and Jalen Hurts on multiple occasions has said they haven't even played to the top of their ability yet. They yeah. they've had they've had insane first first half to games. They were really just some smashing folks, and they kind of come off the gas in the second and lay it off a little bit. They did it. In, they did it in week one. They did it in week two, and they did it in week three. To be honest, so once they, they scored all twenty four of their points in the second quarter on uh, on Sunday, exactly. And then yeah. in the first in the first half, they were blowing out the Lions, and then gave up a bunch of points at the end to get that game close. And then they they buried Minnesota early. And then once they put full games together, and they start to, I guess, run it up on people, it could get really ugly. The fact right. that they're 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 passing the ball better than they're running the ball from a team that was the best running football team in the league last year is frightening when they can all put it together. Me and Eli were talking about it. He said he placed it. Right now, you can get the Eagles at plus 200 to have the best – end with the best record in the NFC. And that's interesting because – for for a division that has a lot of question marks, Philly doesn't <laughs> Philly doesn't seem to have any to start the season. We we know what's going on in Green Bay. We know what's going on in Tampa. Tampa's offense looks disgusting. I, I understand they they're missing a lot of weapons, but they need to get those boys back in a hurry. And I still need to see what it looks like all together. Green Bay is still solid. Still Green Bay. The those who was the guy that was cooking the other night. Oh, the rookie. The rookie. Dobbs. Uh, Dobbs. Dobbs. Yeah. He he looked like he had been – he worked with, with Rodgers all week. He looked really good. So well, – but overall, the division has a lot of question marks. And the Eagles uh, the Eagles are, are slated to be favored in every game they have this the rest of the season. The division is just soft. Their schedule is soft. That's a that's a bet to look at if you're looking for some action. Yeah, that's the big thing. I think you hit it on the head. Their division, that particularly their division, though we talked about the Bucks and the Packers, but the teams that they have to play twice a year, the uh the Commanders, someone's called them the skins, the Commanders, the Red fuck, why am I blanking? The Commanders, the Cowboys, and the Giants yeah. all have major question marks, right? I know Cooper yeah. Rush looked great last night, but the Cowboys have their own set of questions. The Giants and the and the, and the Commanders are far off from where the Eagles are. So I think they're going to run through that division. That's seven wins right there um, or six wins right there. So you look at the rest of their schedule. Yeah. I, 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 I could see a scenario where this team could absolutely end with the best record in the NFC. No doubt. Yeah. About right it. now, 12 and a half. Play. Yeah. 12 and a half is their win total. So yeah, take a look at and that. And again, in a game that doesn't require Hurts to throw the ball 35 times, we still feel confident with them, right? Like we still feel confident that if it does get to a running game, a low scoring game, they have the ability to run even with Hurts. So they have yeah. multiple different ways that they can beat you. But again, I think it really, I know I talk about this every single week, every single year that we've been doing this pod, but it starts up front. It just starts up front. When your quarterback has the protection, when your quarterback trusts the protection, he is able to do a lot of different things. You're competent as a play caller. 
right? And when you get to the Bears, we'll talk about when you're not confident as a play caller because you're not confident in your QB or the protection around them, what that looks like. But they're confident. And they have put a lot of confidence into him. Like, they have fully, again, when everybody was saying, go find someone different, they have all these draft picks from the wins trade, they got picks from the Ertz trade, whatever it might be, they need to go out and get a quarterback. They put it all behind him. They saw something in him, developed the program towards him, they believed and, in him, yeah. They believed they just, in him, man. It's just they believed in him. At they the end of the day, the put, however you want to cut it up, that's what they <clears> believe <throat> that he was the guy and can get it done, and they've been rocking with him. Since we're talking about the NFC East, let's talk about a little bit about the game last night, and then we'll move <laughs> off of uh, the NFC East altogether. I actually thought Daniel Jones played pretty well last night. For, yes. for as much flack as I give him, because I don't think he's all that great, he was under a pressure, most pressures in his career last night. Demarcus Lawrence was all over. They were they were all over him every single snap. Most pressures of any quarterback in the league this year so far. Yeah, and he uh, he completed some balls downfield. He he yeah. he he didn't look too shook for as much pressure as he was taking. He's a tough kid. Tough. He, he played tough last night. He yeah. hung tough. He made some good throws. What do you think about the game overall? Saquon looks a little different. Let's talk about Cooper Rush. CD, all those guys. Yeah, so for as far as Daniel Jones is concerned, <clears throat> I think I'm with you. He's not that good, but I do think that there's some talent there. Um, and I do think that he's tough and he makes some plays. But I think here we go again. It's Specifically to, last night, though. He it, he played well last night. If you're pressured on 21 of 37 dropbacks, I don't I don't really know what you can do, right? I mean, again, the pocket's collapsing around him. He doesn't have a ton of talent on the offensive end as far as pass catchers. Um, who do you, I think the only guy was Sterling yesterday was the only guy that he had out there that I can even recognize. Galladay dropped. Galladay yeah, complained sure. in the media all week about not playing and then drops a massive third down ball. Yeah. Um, that, 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 that hits him right in the chest. Hits him right in the chest. Hits yeah. him right, he even starts to turn around with it and then completely yeah. drops it, which yeah. is, I thought was funny because he got, what, $72 million and he complains about only playing two snaps last week and then drops that pass. So I don't think there's a lot of talent around there. And again, I, it's hard for me to judge a quarterback when there's no real talent around him. And I've seen Jones do some things, but at the same time, you know, if we're going to talk about Fields later. He does need to get better. He needs to improve. This is year three for him. Um, the Cooper Rush side of it, look, man, we were talking about in the chat last night. This guy makes plays. He makes plays. He made big time throws in the fourth quarter, right? The the conversion to um, to Ceedee Lamb, which I don't even think they should have ran that, but he hit him on the hot route. Then the touchdown, right? The only person who was catching that ball was CD, and he hit him right in the corner. Huge play to win the game. I thought he looked uh, poised. He, he's, I was composed, just going to say, he just looks very, very comfortable. comfortable. Very comfortable. Very comfortable. I don't, I don't, mean, comfortable, to, I don't yeah. mean to keep like looking ahead to the fields conversation, but again, we talk about looking comfortable back there. That man looked comfortable back there. And part of it might have to do with the fact that he's been in the Cowboys organization since 2017. He has a good idea of what they want to do. But it just seemed like him and Kellen Moore had an excellent rapport last night. Um, 21 of 31, 215 in the touchdown. In a touchdown. Nice, 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 efficient game. And, and again, delivered when it mattered. If you look at some of those fourth quarter throws, considering the moment, considering that it's Monday Night Football, to your point last week, Daniel Jones 0-9 on Monday Night Football, Kirk Cousins terrible on Monday Night Football. For him to deliver in that situation, I think it says a lot about him. So I, I really liked what I saw from Cooper Rush. One thing they, I thought was hilarious is down the stretch, you know how normally in a close game they show the two head coaches that keep like panning to the sides? Yeah. They were showing um, uh, Brian Dayball on the Giants sideline, but they weren't showing McCarthy. They just yeah. kept showing Kellen Moore. 
which I thought was uh, which I thought was funny. But yeah, man, I thought Cooper Rush was awesome. And Tony, shout out Tony Pollard, shout out that power run game. I love what they're doing. I was just gonna say the in the NFL, man, if you can get super, unless you're Josh Allen, and let me say this: if in the NFL on offense, you need balance. Thirty-one pass attempts for Cooper Rush, 30, 30 runs with with uh, Pollard, Zeke, and then Cooper Rush had a couple scrambles, but one hundred and seventy, one hundred and seventy-six yards on the ground. 215 through the air, 31 attempts, 30 rushes. You're you're gonna if you're having success on the ground and then you're getting pressure like they were getting pressure, you're not gonna lose a lot of football games in the oh, NFL. You you're gonna be though. very competitive across the board. And I brought up Josh Allen. They they don't seem to have a lot of balance because they don't they don't hand it off a ton to the running back. But they're still a big threat of the run game, especially with Josh Allen. That's why he's allowed. And open. It, it, that's why he's allowed to throw it, and it's opened up as much as it does. So, yeah, no question. Well, you saw that kind of around the league. I don't know if maybe it's just you know it's just the first few weeks of the season, but I feel like teams that run the football this like feel like defenses are not as good at stopping the run this year as we've seen in years past. Maybe just again watching that Bears game on Sunday, watching that game last night. It seems like these teams that are committing to running the ball are, are really just controlling everything. And it just seems to be more running lanes than I remember being in the past. I don't know. Maybe it's just defenses are more geared towards pass rushers, stopping the pass, all that. Um, but it just feels like the running game is kind of there for the taking right now. Maybe that's just an early observation. But again, you talk about you across at, the league? It's kind of across the league in a lot of the games that I've been watching. Yeah. Just there's just the the run defense is well, look, like, yeah, like, first, look and, Bears, and focusing Bears, on stopping in the run like they Bears used to Packers so. last week, the Bears game the other day, Cowboys Giants. You just have these running backs that are getting these six seven yards a carry. Um, some of these Cleveland games, like yeah, I just feel like it, it's it's kind of there, and I feel like teams have rotated so much towards stopping the pass that if you can surprise teams with a, a, a competent running game and they don't really know what to do. And it's able to, and you know, I mean, this is not a surprise, but it's able to kind of mask any deficiencies you might have with your quarterback. I mean, Cooper Rush was asked to do things last night, but he wasn't asked to win the game. Not until the, not until kind of those final moments. But if you look at how they did it, the balance in the run game that you were just talking about, that's what got them where they were. You control the clock with that. You keep the other defense tired um, and you limit your mistakes. And they played, and for a team that makes a ton of mistakes like the Cowboys have under Mike McCarthy, it kind of limits the ability for you to make those mistakes. I just feel like yeah. the run game, the run game just seems more open to me. Again, I might just be making that up, but it seems like the run game is there. Eight penalties. Of course. They can always cut down on that, but no turnovers. Five of 13 on third down, one for one on fourth. They played a very efficient, solid game. I, I leaned on the show yesterday. I leaned Cowboys and over, but I had no feel for the game. It was a it was a true coin flip for me. Um, but, yeah, man. Any thoughts on Saquon? Uh, he running for a new contract. Yeah, he is. Saquon, don't forget, Saquon Barkley, for all the, the, the feel-good story of him coming back and getting healthy and all that, he's trying to get a new long-term deal. That's why he made sure he came back and was in shape and is running as hard and fast. He looks very dynamic across the board for me when I when I look at Saquon. He looks like he did at Penn State in that rookie season with the Giants. Saquon Barkley is trying to get paid, and when you when when you got someone motivated to get paid, he's going to run the ball as hard as he has been for the Giants, and 
That's what it's, it looks like. It's just going to be tough for him to run behind that offensive line. I mean, I know he had the long touchdown run yesterday, but if you take that out, he had 13 carries for 45 yards. So, Yeah, I mean, there's no question. It's they, hard, it's hard to run behind that good, offensive line that just collapses all the time. Dallas has a good front as well. Yeah, for sure. So, And it's it's just, listen, man, at the end of the day, for as solid as I thought Daniel Jones played, he's not a threat to push it downfield, especially with the weapons on the outside that they have. Not so enough. it's a lot easier to fill the box when you don't have to worry about the top getting taken up. I think that's the that's the key on maybe why the box is a little more filled up. But he's still running hard. you got to look at the nuances when you're looking at Saquon. He get, That jump cut he did on two people, he wasn't doing that last year or the year before that when he was when he was hurt and getting over his injury. He looks very back, explosive, strong. So I like what Saquon is doing. Also, get well soon, Sterling Shepard. I have never seen someone blow their knee out running in a straight line yeah. at 20%. <laughs> he was running in a straight line quarter speed. Play was on the other side of the field. And I, I say blow your knee out just because that the way he grabbed it, that's what it looked like. I don't know exactly what happened. Some people online were saying it was a patella, patella blowout. Yeah. Because it can't be an ACL running in a straight line. It was just a freak accident. And he's had so many injuries over the last, I don't know, three years or so. So it's tough. Shout out Sterling Shepard. Get well soon. Anything else on the Giants Cowboys? No. Shout okay. out Cooper Rush. Is there a quarterback controversy? <laughs> yeah, the very cornerback controversy. That's what, that's what Jerry tried to hit us with. Jerry, Let me ask you this. Yeah. So Dak is due back in probably, what, two games? Um, if Cooper, How come he keeps getting shorter, by the way? I don't know. I thought he was out eight weeks. Hold on here, G. My man's are from eight weeks. To, you know why he keeps getting shorter? Because Cooper Rush is playing good ball. <laughs> Dak's like, hold Cooper, on. Cooper, hold on. Actually, <laughs> my shit feel a little hey, better, I'm G. feeling good. I went jogging yesterday. I I'm great, man. I already – I did this to Romo. I yeah, don't I'm, need I'm no question me. marks <laughs> coming no. up on this. Nah, hell no. Nah. Yeah, nah. I'm cool, Kitch, actually. Kitchen going to get a little hot. Literally <laughs> – I remember when it happened, he was going to be like out for the year. Yeah, yeah. Then it was, uh, he'll be back in eight. Right. Then it was six to eight. Now it's, now next it's week. four. Now, 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 <laughs> now, now he's at practice today. <laughs> Yo, they showed him pregame throwing up. the ball. Yeah. They showed him pregame throwing with the cast. I'm like, wait a second, dog. This dude was just finished a second ago. Now. Cooper comes out and get a couple wins. Like, and now Cooper keeps winning on Monday night. I got to get back to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to tell you this, too, though. Cowboys, Cooper Rush, they beat the, the Cincinnati Bengals at home. Let's see who they got coming up. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals at home because the Cincinnati Bengals have been struggling. They can't protect Joe Burrow, even they're, though they've added a bunch. Uninterested in protecting the quarterback. Yeah, Jamar Chase – is not getting either the separation that he was or whatever. I think it's you know what you want to know something, and I, yeah. I should have looked at this. I, I don't know if I said this last week, but this is one where I look back. I'm like, man, team total under for team total on the Bengals probably was the best bet on the board this year. I think that that team played way out of their minds last year, especially towards the end of the year, and they got hot yeah. at the right time. I think I don't know what that number was at the beginning of the year for them, but I guarantee you it was inflated. And I don't, I don't think this team. I bet is, you it was like ten and a half. Yeah, and I don't think I don't know if this is a ten or eleven win team. They just they can't yeah. protect. Their I mean, it's easy to say that now, right? Yeah, Couple no. Weeks but, ago, but it would have been more difficult. But are you shocked? <laughs> I guess I'm not shocked that they're one and two. 
Like, I'm really not. Like, I think that they – Joe Burrow was so good last year at the end of the year that yeah. he was masking a lot of their deficiencies. But that shit comes back. And if you look at, like, last week, I think they did on Sunday, they did a great job protecting the quarterback but they were playing the Jets. Um, also with the Jets, what is up with Flacco having multiple games this year where he's throwing the ball more than 50 times? What are they doing over there? Yeah, they they trying to come back from down. What do you mean? <laughs> um, They've been they always yeah. down. <laughs> I think this is the second straight game where he's had 50, 50 plus attempts. He's got more attempts in a game than Fields has all year. Um, but by a lot. Yeah, by a lot. <laughs> he's, he's got he's got Fields season in the first half. Yeah, the first half. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just feel feel like that team, yeah. I, I that that I guess, yeah, you're right. Hindsight is 2020, but it's one I'm not surprised by that I feel like yeah, sure. whatever their team total would have been, taking the under on that probably would have been uh would have been all right, especially when you look at the history of Super Bowl losers that typically sure, have a sure. rough follow-up here. All right, so let's not get too crazy on Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. They played the Bengals at home who were struggling, and they only won 2017. Then they go on the road to the Giants, who we know were undefeated, but were playing over their head and got some – they could e- they could have easily been 0-2. <laughs> now they get the Commanders in Dallas. Then we really start talking. He goes to L.A. to play the Rams. Then they go to Philly to play the Eagles. And then they get the Lions at home. The Lions are going to put up points. Yes, you're going to the Cooper Rush is going to have to keep up and put up and put up points. Then they play the Bears. Then they go to they, then they go to Green Bay at Minnesota. These are places where you're going to have to score. So stay tuned on when on when Dak comes back. A quarterback controversy, man. What do, why, do you think Jerry just said that to get him back in the news? I think he just yes, he just says shit he to just, say it, man. <laughs> he wakes up and says, "I mean, the, what other owner in the NFL holds his own press conferences? Like the guy is always he's a traveling yeah. press conference with him, and he's always yeah. like in a hallway giving a press conference too. You know what I mean? Like he's no, so he, he tries to play it off like they're catching him on the <laughs> yeah, way out. Yeah, or some no, shit. no, he's, they travel with him. Like, Jerry, right, I'm gonna can I have a the, moment? He's like, I'm gonna get right, off I'll the plane, then y'all get off the plane, and we pretend like we just met here. Yeah. But he's really just he's impromptu press conference. I'll stop in the I'll stop in the tunnel for you guys, I guess, to give you. You guys from time. You got folks with the old tape recorders and shit. Like it's so <laughs> it's so funny, man. He's always in some yeah, it's always like you just caught him getting off a plane or coming uh, out of dinner or something like that. That's funny. Jerry's I'm, got his uh, own little TMZ crew just ready to give an impromptu press conference whenever he feels like it. Yeah, sure. You might have a quarterback controversy. That's what I want. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> What's what are you talking you? about? What are you talking? If I'm Dak, I'm like, what? Yeah, he said like if, if we beat Cincinnati said, and now there's a quarterback controversy. For those who don't know, he Jerry Jones came out and said <laughs> after the game, is if there's a quarterback controversy, that's a good thing because that means Cooper Rush is playing well and the Dallas Cowboys are winning games. But you could have worded that completely differently. Completely and you have to worry about that. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. Let's come off the NFC East. Let's talk about the AFC West for a little second. Trash. The Raiders are 0 3. Yep. Chargers are one and two. Justin yep. Herbert has banged up ribs. But somehow Bosa, still playing in a blowout. Joey Bosa's now out weak. <laughs> Listen, how funny does this sound? Significant uh groin injury for Bosa due to expected to miss a lot of time, <laughs> but he's week to week. Yeah. What? Yeah. He's either out for six to eight. Or he's week to week. Which one is it? So tough sledding over there in uh, in L.A. for the Chargers. We know what's going on with Hackett, Russell Wilson, and the Broncos. Ugh. Disgusting. And then the Chiefs drop a game that they should have won multiple times over in Indianapolis. Were we giving the AFC West a little too much juice? 
Yes, I felt that all the time, man. Oh, uh, you is fuck. This, is, this, is this the greatest? Is this the greatest? Remember, remember, is this after the rust trade? It was. Is this the greatest division ever? Is this is this the greatest division that we've ever seen? I mean, look at it. You got you got Derek Carr and the Mighty Raiders. You got you got Justin Herbert and the Chargers. You got Russell Wilson and the Broncos, and you got the Almighty Chiefs, who should get their respect. The only team in that conf in that division that we should have been talking about like that before they played a game was the Chiefs. That was the only team that we'd ever seen do anything. I get Herbert had a great year last year. Everybody's kind of MVP candidate. Everybody's sexy pick for the MVP. Sexy Super Bowl pick was the Chargers. But still, this is a team that had a lot to prove. The Raiders, hey, great year last year, all things considered. You had wide receivers killing folks. You had Gruden dropping inbounds and emails and all types of wild shit. And Derek Carr kind of led them to victory, and they had a good year. That's awesome. Um the uh, who am I blanking? Oh, the Broncos, right? Like, look, I even said before the end of the year, beginning of the year, I was like, hey, Russell Wilson coming to Denver to me is my biggest storyline. But I wasn't ready to crown this as the best division ever. Like, I thought all of that was way, way, way overblown, giving a lot of credit to some of these guys before they even played a game with their new teams. Um, yeah. And I thought that, I thought that, like, yeah, I thought that was just kind of overblown. I was like, this is still the Chiefs' division until it's not. Um, and you look through the first three weeks of the year, hey, so these teams are struggling. Like you said, the Raiders can't get a win. The Chargers are one and two. Chiefs are losing to the Colts. Um, so yeah, I was. I think that a lot of that hype was just kind of crazy. I think we need to pump the brakes on that a little bit. Yeah, that it's interesting because let's look at the Chiefs. Right, first win they play the Cardinals, who were super banged up on D. They got just mashed. And our fraudulent got, team in general. Yeah, exactly. It's a they fraudulent got, team. Yeah, Call for what they are. They're fraudulent. Yeah, they got run up and down the field in Arizona week one, right? Then the Chiefs go home, and they don't look very all that great against the Chargers yeah. in a big primetime spot, Thursday night football, first week of you know prime, football on prime. It's a huge hyped-up spot early in the year, and they didn't look that good. Herbert throws that pick six, which was a controversial spot where the, the tight end was tired and tried to get off the field but came back yeah. on. He went his way. He wasn't ready for the ball, all type of stuff, right? Pick six goes that way. And if you take away that touchdown and then the amazing play, which is the the Mahomes stepping up in the pocket and going deep on a, on a third down to go over the top to score, other than those two plays, they looked mediocre the whole night, were able to get a win. Then they go to Indianapolis. They have penalties. Mahomes and enemy are arguing on the sideline. They got across the 50-yard line, I think, four or five times and came away with three points in that game. Just – Ugly stuff, right? Yeah. So they got some stuff to work out. Then the Chargers are now out. I, I'm I was really high on the Chargers coming in. Like they I thought they they played really, really well against they, they won in week one against the Raiders. Then they played really, really well and probably should have won in week two against the the Char or the Chiefs. And then week three, we know what happened. Herbert's banged up and they got steam. And listen, Herbert doesn't play defense though. And I'm going to tell you this, they would have had a hard time beating the Jags anyway if they're going to give up 30-plus through three quarters. Yeah. The Jags looked really good. So I was high on the Chargers coming in. They look sus. I was high on Josh McDaniels. I thought he'd be able to come in with those weapons in Las Vegas. Cars on a new deal. Devontae's on a new deal. They're best buddies. They can't get it done. Maybe Josh McDaniels can't. My guy Alex Monaco says that Josh McDaniels is not a leader of men, and maybe he isn't. Maybe he should just be worried about offense and constructing the scheme for the week and leave it at that because 
his head his head coaching record is poor. Yeah. From Denver to now Vegas he, to he, start. He, he did win a playoff game with Tim Tebow. He did. That you know that wasn't him. I actually we actually talked about that. That was Fox, I believe. No, I thought it was McDaniel. Look look it up. I don't think it was McDaniel. I think it was like the year after McDaniel left, Tebow won that game. Look no, that up really quick. McDaniel was the one who put Tebow in, I thought. Wasn't no, it? look it up. Look it up because okay, okay. I I was always I always thought about that. And then I was doing my uh some research for some Raider stuff. And Tebow, I think that was Fox. I'm almost positive. But check check that out and double check that. But then we get to the Broncos and I don't know what the fuck is going on over there, man. That the they need time to mesh, I guess. No preseason, none of that week to week type of stuff. Still just very disorganized. Good defense. I think the the AFC West is still going to be competitive, but yeah, they they've shown Oh, for sure. But it's still- it's hilarious that the NFC East, the Giants are 2 and 1, the Eagles are 3 and 0, oh, the Cowboys are 2 and 1. And then you go over the other way, and the, the team, the division that we thought was going to be insane, is <laughs> got losses all over the place and don't look tough at all. Yeah, and I still think it's going to be a tough division. I'm not saying these teams aren't talented. I just think it was just a crazy rush to judgment to be like, oh yeah, this is going to be the best division ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like ever, like all these teams. Like it was almost like to me, some of the toughest divisions that we had ever seen is when the NFC West was cracking, right? When the NFC West, hell was cracking, yeah. When you were talking about. The Niners. When, uh, the Niners, the Rams, the Seahawks, yep. and the Cardinals were never getting in the playoffs, but they were always 8-8 eight and, eight yeah. and giving those both divisions, hell at home. Those divisions Remember, were cracking. Yeah. I was riding hot on Cardinals bets for three years because they were yeah. tough to play in Glendale. So, I mean, yep. that's what those, were to me, were some of the best divisions we'd ever seen because you had bona fide – three out of those four teams were bona fide playoff teams, yep. right? And, and I think all three of them in the last 10 years have been to a Super Bowl. So, if you want to talk about dominant divisions – it was the AFC West. You want to go back 15 years, all four of those teams, because the Cardinals were in a Super Bowl in 2007. So you can go yeah. back over the last 15 years. Every single team in that division has been in the Super Bowl. I don't know if you can name another division like that in the entire NFL. So yeah. that, to me, is consistently the toughest division in the NFL, um, all things considered. A lot of home field advantages, different things like that. I just thought, yes, this is a good division. Yes, there's good quarterbacks. Yes, there's good competitions. Yes, there's great storylines. But – to come out and automatically be like, yeah, this is the best division ever to me is, is was, was crazy. Um, with that being said, I think that the Chargers can figure it out. I think that the Broncos have a lot to figure out. And it's funny. Um, I got to give you credit. Your take last week, I think, was dead on. I didn't give you enough credit in the moment as far as they are trying to just gear everything towards what Russell Wilson wants to do. Hands down, yeah. no doubt about it. It's, and it's, it doesn't, it's it doesn't look good at all. Yeah. And it, doesn't, it does not look good at all. They're, they struggled again last week. Um, not a fun team to watch at all. Like yeah. just some of the worst games you could possibly watch. So I think they'll, they'll they got to figure it out. But I still think at the end of the day, it's still the Chiefs division. I know they haven't looked great through three weeks. They haven't looked dominant through three weeks like they usually do. But the cream always rises to the top. And to me, that is the team to beat in that division. And they are until further notice. Yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's right. They were you could have got those guys at plus two hundred to win the division prior to the season so yeah that's uh that's exactly right did you find out that was that fox or not um so to me it looks like mcdaniels without going super deep in it but i typed in josh mcdaniels tim tebow and there's a lot of articles about how look just look up when he was the who was that game who who was it they 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 beat the steelers i believe yeah okay yeah, I believe. Yeah, it was yeah, the yeah. Because he threw the ball over Ike Taylor's head, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe it was the Steelers. Hey, rest in peace, Demarius Thomas, man. Eighty-eight. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it was the Steelers. Look up that year, then look up who the coach was, and then we'll come back to it. But um, let's move off of the AFC West. Quick comments: Lamar Jackson is locked in. We don't have to talk about the uh, the the contract. I I'm not gonna lie. I slighted him coming in. I didn't think he was focused. I thought this would be a way bigger distraction. He is legitimately showing up every week, doing whatever he wants. You can say he's in shape. You can say he's out of shape. You could say he shouldn't be taking press conferences with popcorn and milkshakes. Does not matter. He shows up every week and has 400 total yards, 350 total yards, and four touchdowns. So until that slows down, it doesn't matter what he's doing anywhere, any way, shape, form, at any point. That's yeah, the, you know what? That was John Fox. Yeah, it's Fox. Yeah, McDaniel's was there. McDaniel was there like two years before. It was way before McDaniel. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was because the only reason I figured that out is because I was because I I just always thought that because we always talked about that. And then I looked and I was like, oh my god, that was he was that was under Fox. He was gone. But John Fox, legendary, legendary. And then Peyton Manning stealer. came the next year. John Fox came to Chicago and got three years worth of money for for doing absolutely for nothing. Nothing. Stop nothing. That. Hey, and, and they knew he was Karen, a Karen, when and they he, knew, he knew he was too. Fucking look retired. Yeah, it was there. like a yeah, it was like a retirement package. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, oh, I got to take another three years. Yeah, he lived yeah. in Lake Forest. It was great. He's like, I'll take three years. You go, I want to get like 12 million. Honey, I'm going to go get a quick 12 million, then I'll be done with this shit. She's like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do it, man. You said it to leave the show. Victory Tuesday. Chicago Bears get a W. 20, what was it? 20. 26, 23, 23, 20, 20, a lot lot closer than it needed to be. 23, 20 game winning field goal from my guy, Santos. Big game ball is Rokon Smith. The guy was fucking all over the place across the board, sideline to sideline in the backfield to the secondary. He was doing his thing. He got a huge pick on the tip ball to close the game. 16 tackles. 16 tackles. He was all over the place. Yeah. And he showed up off off a bad game the week prior, and people were talking about him, and he showed up in a major way on Sunday at home against the Texans. How you feel about the overall game? Shout out Juice Herbert. That's another game ball. It's got to be multiple game balls because Montgomery went down. Juice Herbert came in, and we didn't miss a single beat. Juice looked really good, ran hard. Another fall forward type of guy. Both of those dudes are big, physical, fall-forward dudes, and Juice showed up in a major way. How would you feel about the game overall? Eddie Jackson is playing better. Talk to me. Yeah, so overall, let's we'll, 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 we'll get to the thing we really want to talk about in a minute, but so we'll just kind of dance around <laughs> 20 right carries, now. 157, two TDs for Khalil love, Herbert. Love the running game so far this year. You guys yeah. know I'm a big advocate for running the football. We just talked about it earlier. We talk about it every week. I think if you can, you should, right? If you can, you should. If you can run the football, you should do it. It limits turnovers, limits mistakes. We obviously have two backs that can handle it. I hope Montgomery's okay, but Herbert... We've talked about it before. I know you're a big Herbert guy. We're not worried when Khalil Herbert comes in the game. He's been running the ball football, running the football well for a couple of years now. He runs hard. I like how he runs. Um, I even tweeted it out during the game. That's why you don't pay David Montgomery some exorbitant contract. Because That's why you don't you, pay any of these you, guys. If you draft well, you know what you're looking for in a back. You can find these guys. I don't know what round Herbert went in, but I guarantee you wasn't the top four. Um so yeah, I mean he 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 they did a great job with that. I felt that Getsy settled into the play calling later on in the game and kind of figured out what we could do well. And Herbert obviously was a huge, huge part of that. I think defensively, um, Eberflus's stamp is on this team, 
right? I don't, I'm not going to call us a dominant defense. I don't think this is a Super Bowl defense. Well, the defense is better than I thought it was. I think the defense is better than it was last year. I think it's opportunistic, which has always been a, a staple of these Bears defenses, right? Create turnovers, create pressure, make big plays. You talk about the Eddie Jackson interception. You talk about the Roquan Smith interception. I don't think we're ever going to have a defense full of maulers that are going to hold you to 80 yards, right? I think what we do need to have is guys that create turnovers, guys that make plays, guys that fly around the ball, play spirited defense. And I think that, you know, if, if it's one thing I'm taking away from the first few weeks of Eberflus, for sure his handprints are all over this defense. Um, everything that we read about him coming in and what he wanted to do in Indianapolis and what he was able to do in Indianapolis and the whole hits philosophy and all that, I do think the defense is playing with that. So I'll give them credit on that. Um, that's the good. Let's keep it real. We just talked about Cooper Rush, right? Threw for 200 yards. We talked about Daniel Jones threw for 197 yards. We Played talked tough. about we talked about Joe Flacco. Made some big throws. Throwing for 260, 270 yards. We talk about every week the league is geared towards the passing game, right? Mediocre quarterbacks are waking up on Sunday and throwing for 200. Look, man, we have wanted to give the benefit of the doubt as much as we can. We've done it every single week after every single start. We came in before the year and said, hey, this is a rookie year. It is all about development. We don't care about the records. We don't really care about the stats as much. As long as what we see with our eyes, we hit those checkpoints. You remember like when you play video games and you die, and if you hit that certain checkpoint, you'll be respawned from there? You know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah. yeah. So we wanted to see that, right? Justin Fields might go out there and die on Sunday, but as long as he's, he's kind of hit these certain checkpoints and he's getting far enough along and what we want to see from him, we were okay. Look, man, we haven't seen it. Call it what it is. Save from a few plays in the first week of the season um, against Tampa Bay in a monsoon. Save from a few throws there. We just haven't seen it, man. And it's the routine stuff, right? It's one thing to struggle on the hard stuff, on the stuff that your talent around you might not allow you to do. A lot of deep balls. You maybe don't have the receivers for 70-yard bombs and all that. But when you're talking about flat routes to running backs, in the backfield and you can't complete that when you're talking about missing Mooney on a big throw that you absolutely needed the other day, when you're talking about looking flustered in the pocket, feeling pressure before it's even there. And I get it. Those pockets are collapsing quick. I know you, you, you hear the footsteps, but man, there were plays out there on Sunday before it even come. He's happy feet, right? I'm just not seeing Anything that looks like a comfortable player at the quarterback position right now. And trust me, it pains me to say that. I wanted this to work more than anybody. And I'm not saying it's over. And I'm not saying it's not going to work. But to me, this game was supposed to be like that Mitchell Trubisky four touchdown Tampa game that we had. Yeah, a few you texted years ago, me that. Right? Yeah. When it was yeah, so yeah. easy, like, yo, I get we're playing a shitty opponent. I get we have every advantage in this game. But this is the type of game where it's just like, let me show you guys that I can do this and I can make it look easy. That is what I expected this week because the Texans are not a good opponent. They played tough under Lovey. I'll give them that. And everybody plays tough under Lovey. We had Shout Lovey out Lovey, man. Shout out Lovey. Hey, keep getting those checks, boy. <laughs> what I'm talking about, man. Shout Real out talk. Lovey, man. Let me pick up another few M's, too. Shout out Shout Lovey, out man. Lo Great Lovey coach. Beard. And boys, Lovey Beard is on point, too. Because he's rich. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's rich. Yeah. When, when the Texans called him, he's like, what, another job? Damn, all right, fine. I'll go another That's go at it. Funny. <laughs> I'm rich. College, rich. From college back to the front. Uh, I'll get another five, six. Beard, real quick. Beard, uh, beard nourished. Beard comfy. 
Um, <laughs> beard's super comfy, dog. He's an old, rich black dude now. Love you, settled in. Oh um, man, folks definitely funny. wears cargo pants in front of the grill on Saturdays. But definitely, look, definitely <laughs> um, the leather straps and everything. <laughs> but listen, and they play hard for him, right? Teams have always played hard for Love. You know he's a player's coach. But they should have thrashed this football team at home. You thought have should have thrashed this football team. Justin Fields should have been all over the place. We should have seen a confident quarterback. And it, it really drives the point home when you watch Cooper Rush last last night. And other mediocre quarterbacks around the league still find a way to put up numbers because the game is dictated towards the passing game. You can't touch the quarterback. You can't touch receivers off the line anymore. I mean, these illegal uh, these illegal contact penalties are getting out of control. If you look at a guy when he's coming off the line, it's five yards at this point, right? So everything is geared towards a passing game. So I get there's not a lot of talent around him. We can't protect him. We don't have the receivers, but still, that is not an excuse for 8 for 17 for 100, 7 11 for 78, right? We, we are barely cracking 100 yards every week in the passing game, especially when you're running the ball like you were on Sunday. That's when you're what running I was the ball like say. you were on Sunday, the defense has to try to stop that, which opens up things in the passing game. But guess what? You can't open anything up if you're missing easy throws. You and I were talking when he missed that throw, the running back. We were on the phone and said, Oh it's my like, God. Wait, oh my what? God. Yeah, we were literally on the phone. He went and to swing it to the to, Easy. to Herbert, and he it wasn't even close. <laughs> it wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. The that's what I was gonna lean into. It's not like they can't move the ball on the ground, so everyone's just waiting on the way he has to bail. He has to bail the offense out by doing seven step drops and throwing it all over the yard. We're moving it on the ground, and then he is getting spots where he could hit wide receivers the interception over the middle is just a poor poor throw it was a bad read because he had the z behind him on a deep route i, don't, I think it was mooney maybe that was, was that the second pick i think it was the second pick was the first think, pick was a bad throw good read bad throw yeah i think it was the first pick then i'm talking about good read bad throw yeah and Great then read. but but he had someone over the top that could have been six he just completely missed it go goes across the middle and then throws a pick the I'm trying because I, I I already said this is his rookie year for me. It's in a new offense, new situation. See, this is why everything is fucked up from what we did last year because people are always going to talk about it's year two. This is thirteen game. This is his fifteenth game or whatever it is, right? But it's very tough because now he's in a new situation, new offense, new everything. That's why we needed to move those guys. I'll never stop harping on that. Yeah. That's why we needed to move Nagy and those guys out of there when he was there so we wouldn't have to learn two. He wouldn't have to reset oh, twice. So how long but, are we going to make but, that excuse? Hold on. But but yeah. that Matt doesn't – It's not Matt Nagy's fault you can't complete a pass to a running that back. That doesn't change the fact that you're missing balls to your running back. The even though even the ball to Mooney across the middle is sailing high. Mooney easy. has to go way up to try to get it. There's very easy throws and easy stuff happening. And then on top of that, he's missing reads. He's not comfortable in the spot. He looks very flustered. And the only way we could get something done is if we're literally running the ball on a counter or going up the middle. Very 19, just old school ball. Well, and and also the only way he's getting it done is like if it's the perfect play call, right? Like some right. of these rollouts where it's his first. Oh yeah, there's no tight end wide open. He's hitting that. Yeah, like if you ask him to go to a second read in anything, 
if you're asking him to kind of make a decision, it just looks bad. He he, he looks like my feet are dancing around. Like, I, I was watching his feet on Sunday, and I'm like, man, this guy, his feet are just all over the place. I don't think there's been a – I mean, there's not very many throws to go through. But I've, I've watched yeah, and rewatched. I don't think there has been one throw that has been a straight drop back that he's went to wide receiver one, then come off and went to wide receiver two and hit him for a completion. I don't think that exists. So, like, what you're saying is him rolling out. Perfect play call. And there's one there's one option, and he's open. Yeah, he's hitting him. And, and even sometimes, like, this throw to Mooney, he's still sailing balls. Right. So, like, but there's no – there was multiple throws last night where Cooper Rush dropped back straight six – five to seven step drop, stopped, went to one read, came off, went to another, and completed the ball. Well, and or – Hey, this is the other like this. These are the other nuances. Or Cooper Rush was coming, dropping back, going to read one, going to read two, throwing the ball out of bounds. Justin's also taking sacks. That's the, the other part. Forever. Holds he's the holding forever. the ball forever. He's going to one read. It's not there. Then he's kind of lost when it comes to read two. Then he's holding the ball and taking sacks. This is at home against the Texans, not on the road against the Bills. This is not even a good team that's struggling. Bad so, team. It's a bad team. It's called yes, what it is a exactly. bad team. And right. it's also, it's also, you look on the other side with Mills, who is nowhere near the pedigree of Justin Fields, and he's over here making throws all over the play, all over the place. So yeah. I think that, like, you know, listen, man, the thing for me is this. Fields looks like a guy who you're almost teaching him how to play quarterback, and that wasn't supposed to be the thing. This wasn't like Lamar coming out who there was questions about it, whether or not he could throw it. This wasn't Hurts coming out when there was questions about whether or not he could throw it. Justin Fields came in a quarterback, right? A natural quarterback. Yeah. He looks like a guy who has no mechanics left, zero confidence left, mentally looks shook. And again, all those checkpoints that we wanted to see, I don't care if he was eight for 17 at 106 and two picks, but those eight throws were eight throws that I can sit and commit to memory and say, yes, that's what I want to see. Then I'd be talking about something completely different, but it's not, it's not. And when he's asked to do more or even just more than just the very basic level of, like you said, perfect play call, perfect read. He seems to really be struggling when he has to go to that second or third read. His feet get happy. He doesn't really know what to do. He's feeling pressure before it's there. He's kind of crouching down in the pocket. He doesn't really, he just seems so, so uncomfortable playing out there. It's almost like you took a guy who had six starts in college, like a Trey Lance almost, right? And said, hey, man, go ahead and start an NFL quarterback, right? Like this isn't, and you could talk about last year being a wash. It might have been from a development standpoint, but those reps happened. I told you last week, those reps did happen. This isn't your first time seeing NFL game speed. This isn't your first time seeing NFL defenses. This isn't your first time going up against an NFL defensive coordinator or going up against elite pass rushers that you see in the NFL. Your welcome to the NFL was against Miles Garrett and fucking Jadavion Clowney. So we're not we're not acting like these are his first three games in the NFL. From a development standpoint and week to week, yes, the program wasn't geared towards him last year, but he played those games, right? So all those jitters should be gone. He looks jittery. He looks like, what the hell is going on over here? So I get that we want to come back on the naggy shit last year. We want to say this is his rookie year and all that. But we yeah. can't make that, that the, the excuse forever. Let right? me that, could be the, that could be the excuse for certain things. But I'm asking now for baseline benchmarks that we don't even see right now from this quarterback. That, to me, is alarming. Let me ask you this. So Cody P, shout out Cody Nick, 4508, and then Triple B. They said there's a lot of booze heading into the locker room end of the first half. 
And then Triple B said, yeah, the whatever attitude, leave the field goal, potential field goal off the board was inexcusable. Now, let me ask you this, because we talked about this as well. It seems like Gitsy and and Eberflus, maybe more Gitsy, doesn't trust him. They don't, they they flat out don't trust him to throw the ball, especially when they're running the ball that way. Now, what, what do you do? Do you do you even though you don't trust him? Do you do you throw it anyway? Or I, that's why that's where it gets really tough, right? You so have to. They're bl- they're blatantly telling you that they don't trust you, but it's their job, and it's and it's they're trying to win the game. So if they don't trust him to throw it, they're not going to throw the ball. But it's blatant. It's blatant that they flat out don't trust his ability, right? Blatant. Isn't that what I they're mean, that telling was, you? That was obvious. How often do you see that in an NFL game? I mean, really, how often do you see that NFL game? 99% of coaches are going for that. Like, I, I, I can't see too many situations. That the only thing that makes you say we're not even going to attempt to get into field goal range here and try to get some points is if you do not trust your quarterback. So whatever they're seeing Monday through Friday, whatever they saw in the summer, like, this is, they, just, they didn't just make that decision in the moment. Everything that they've seen is like, yeah, we, we don't think anything good is going to happen here. And if you look at how the game went, I don't necessarily blame them. Both of those picks were egregious. It's one thing to throw tip ball picks. It's one thing to throw pressure picks. Those were just inexcusable interceptions that you do not throw at this level. You just don't. And then you talk about some of the missed throws. Like, yeah, so if we're seeing that on Sunday against the Texans, they're absolutely seeing that on Wednesday at Hallis Hall. And they're saying, hey, this is kind of what we need to do, right? I mean, it's clear that they have really prioritized running the football for this football club. And again, you should do it when you're good at it. But if you're trying to develop this quarterback, if you're trying to see what he can do, again, the Tampa-Mitch Trubisky game, let's just take the training wheels off because we know we can beat this team regardless and see what we can do. We haven't seen anything like that. And 17 attempts, 11 attempts, how many were there in week one, 16? I mean, the guy's not even getting up to 20 attempts. We see Cooper Rush throwing it 30 times. We see Daniel Jones throwing it 30 times. These aren't good quarterbacks. These aren't guys that you're like, yeah, I really trust him to go fling it around on Sunday type guys. But those coaches are still making those decisions. The fact that the coach is is, is handcuffing you before the game, right? Because the decision to throw the ball 17 times is made before the game. That is not an in-game decision. You are saying we want to limit how much we throw it as much as possible. We are going to run the ball 40 times, right? Now, we didn't expect to run it 40 times for – an incredible 281 yards, but um, it's just insane. It didn't even seem like that in the moment. But, again, we did want to run the ball. We prioritized that. We practiced that. That's what the offensive line is going into the game preparing to do. Um, so, yeah. And, again, I'm not downplaying. I, I can't – I don't want to seem like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I'm Mr. Preach about the offensive line and you can't do anything without offensive line. And our offensive line is atrocious. But there are other quarterbacks who are dealing with these offensive line issues who are still putting up numbers. Can you call an offensive line atrocious if the if we're going for two forty on the ground and we well, moved it's a good it, run we, blocking game? We, we, we it's moved a good it on multiple. Line. We moved it on multiple games in a row now. True. Yeah, and you know what? At the same time, can you call them atrocious when your quarterback is holding the ball for six seconds? Probably not. Right. So I, I don't think it's a good line, but I don't think he's. They've been playing that. solid. You got. I got to give him some credit. They've times, been playing. But, yeah. They've been playing solid. They've been playing better than uh, I thought. Yeah. I mean, they're getting movement up. They're getting push up front. And Khalil Herbert and Montgomery have had have had lanes and places to go when it came down to so it. So it's a field's problem, man. And that's I think that's that's kind of where we're at right now, right? Like, to me, it is a field's – I think before we wanted to say it was everything else but field's. 
You know what I mean? Like the house is burning down. We're like, hey, it's all right. But I, I think it's, it's a, a mix of problem, things. Man. But yeah, he he's at the he's he's at the top. He's at the top. You can officially say it now, man. He is at the top of the problem. And let, let's just say, let's just call it like it was. If this was Mr. Trubisky, we'd be fucking burying the guy. Yeah. Like, look, you and I really want Fields. To, we really, for multiple reasons, want Fields to fucking do well. I really. Really, not just because he's yeah. Chicago Bears. There's a lot of there's a lot there's a there's a lot of reasons why we why we're rooting for Justin Fields. Yes, for sure, he's one of us. There's a lot of reasons why. But look, dude, it's like I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't. It doesn't look good, man. And we just like we we can't go back on what we talked about at the end of the year that there needs to be checkpoints. Watch the film, right? We love watching the film. We have been watching the film, and the film ain't good. It's not good. The film's not good at all. Yeah, so stay tuned on it. We'll see how it all shakes with the Justin because the schedule is only getting tougher. I'm at the game on Sunday in New York at the Meadowlands. I'm very excited about that. That's awesome. I think yeah. the Bears sit at three right now. They're they're giving three in New York? They are getting three. They're getting three, okay. They are getting like, three yeah. in New York, so, so we'll, see. we'll see how that shakes. He's got a – yeah, man, you know what time it is. It is what it is. I'm – I don't want to so, bury him yet, but well, let's look ahead. If if he struggles on Sunday, let's say he really struggles in New York on Sunday, right? Like really struggles. Where yet? What do you do? You can't. You can't. You can't nah, bench him, right? You're at no point where no, you could possibly gee, ever bench what? him, right? Yeah. Hell no. The only this is <laughs> this is where it get, can get really spooky. Let me <laughs> let me tell you where it can get really spooky. They continue to win in spite of him playing the way he's playing, right? So then, Mitchell, next thing you know, they're three and Mitchell, one. The Mitchell Trubisky conundrum. Next thing you know, they're three and one. Then they're pull up the schedule. Let me see. Let me see who they got. Then they go to the Vikings, where they probably won't win, but they'll compete. Then they play the Commanders at home, very winnable. They play the Patriots with that are probably going to be starting Brian Hoyer. That's winnable. Cowboys. So, like, all of a sudden, if they string a couple wins together and are this is this is where it gets spooky. Every single reason for the reason we're not even five and oh is because Justin Fields. Like, we yeah. if it wasn't for Justin, we'd be five and oh. Like th- that's the narrative that starts to push. Then Ibrafus is a rookie coach who wants to win. Then next thing you know, it's we didn't draft this guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Look, look, I'm, t- I'm just telling you how this shit goes. Then next thing you know, it's, you know, this wasn't our guy anyway. We were, we came into this situation. He was already here. So it could get really spooky really quickly if the, if the narrative becomes the only reason we're not winning is because just, we, we can't trust Justin Fields to throw the ball because on the ground, we're running for 180 yards a game. The defense is playing a lot better, flying around, turning people over, punching the ball out, all, all types of stuff. They're they're doing the hits. Philosophy. There's some positives on this team, exactly. And then all of a sudden, the only the the biggest negative is, hey man, we have a quarterback right now that flat out cannot throw the ball, and he's costing us wins. He's hurting then, us exactly. Then he is it hurting starts. Then then the narrative starts to really get hot. So yeah. I, I'm on record on I tweeted out saying I don't think Justin Fields can be a bust in this year. But not I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but this is the other thing. Say he plays very sus all year, and then he comes out, you only have a couple weeks in the next season to be good. Then it's really like, yo, get this guy out of here. We're not about to burn up another season 
with this dude. I know that's way down the road, but those are the narratives that can start to happen if it's it's perceived that he is the reason for for a lot of these for the for the Bears not being five and one type of thing. Right. Also, and- also, save the fucking uh, treadmill run video for another. Oh my fuck. god! Listen, listen to me. I want to bring that up. Listen <laughs> to me. To it. <laughs> Save the fucking oh treadmill run video for another town. In the for another, this is not the town for that. Uh, I'm telling you time. right now. It's not yet. Whoever's <laughs> idea that, that was crazy. If it was his girlfriend, I think his girlfriend or whoever that chick is. I don't know. If, I don't know who that is. It could is be he, a oh, sister, he's, he's got, cousin, he's got, he's got whatever. Tank? It was a girl that posted it. Oh, okay. But she was like, you know, this this guy bro is locked in after a win, even after a, even after a win and pl- not playing so good, he's right. still working. Save that Save shit. That Just you need to Daniel Jones disappear. Yep. and show up next week better. Fuck. That's I, it. That's all. Don't I, send out any videos of you watching tape. Don't send it. out any videos of you on the treadmill. None don't send it. out any. Don't send out anything. And yes. when you get on the press and, and in the post-game presser, Justin Fields, get on the mic and say, I played really poorly. Salute to my teammates for hanging in there and bailing me out. It's I hope home. to see Montgomery get back. Shout it's out home. Juice Herbert. The defense plays great. Shout out Eber Foods for having everybody else ready. I gotta do better. Next question. That's it. Yeah. And then this is his, and then this is your answer to the next question, Justin Fields. Shout out to Montgomery. I hope he gets healthy. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Juice Herbert. He played really well. Eberflus called a great game on D. Everybody looks good on defense. I got to play better. That should be the only thing every week until Company you answer. start throwing. Yeah. yeah. Do not do all this extra shit because it's going to backfire. That treadmill video was 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 so – I saw that yesterday. I was I was shocked. That the wrong town for that. that. Up. So it's the wrong anything for that. Like – She's like, yeah, bro is back in the lot, back of grinding after a W. It's like, hold on, dude. Like, and all that does to your point, it opens you up to criticism. It's kind of like we talked about last week with the whole fan comment. Just don't say shit. Just yep. kind of keep it moving, right? Yep. Especially if you're not playing well. If you're playing well, you can do whatever the fuck you want to, right? Tom, Tom posts all types of crazy shit after wins. But you know, if you if you're not playing well, man, just go back in the lab. Like, no one needs to see, hear, and or think about any of that. Like, we we don't need that. You hit that head on. You are not in the right time. I want to hit on your your prior point, though. You cannot overstate how crucial it is that this is not the regime that brought him in. Your leash is infinitely shorter. They are not judged by Justin Fields. You can't go to Ryan Pauls and say, hey, we're going to fire you because you drafted Justin it's Fields. It's an excuse for them at the end of the day. And it it's buys them more time when excuse. it looks bad. Hey, oh, this isn't us. This is on fields. You guys fired pace. You knew he didn't make the right mistakes. Guy whiffed on four quarterbacks. We're gonna go, we're gonna get a new one in here and try to do something. We're gonna get our guys in here. And they'll be able to point to look at the other parts of the roster that we did have a part of. Those are doing well. So yeah, absolutely. Because they will scapegoat him so fast. So fast. Dude, a young GM who wants yeah. to keep his job and a coach who's who's been in the league forever. Who this and is they're not wrong oper- to do so if he keeps playing that way either. Yeah. Here's the thing: it's not like it's not like we say scapegoating, but it's the truth. It's it's that's it. Yeah, exactly right. So, all right, we'll leave the Bears there. We already had an hour, man. You got time? Yeah. Okay. Minutes, yeah. Let's keep rocking. Um, let's move over to NBA Media Day. <laughs> I love NBA Media Day. A lot of fun, man. I saw a couple couple Nick stuff in the studio yesterday, which was cool. And um, it's just a fun time. Everybody's right. hopeful. Everybody is um, looking good. Zion Williamson looked like he's dropped at least 30 pounds. Yep. Looked yep. a lot better. The Pellies are, 
Yo, get get your NBA League Pass team ready. He, they're going to be one of them. I'm going to be watching a ton of the Pelicans. <laughs> oh, yeah, my boy Alvarado. I'm watching I'm watching the Pelicans as much as I possibly can. Pelicans so, top, league, top league. I think going into the year, we should do our top 10 League Pass teams. Top 10, top five League Pass yeah, teams. Top five man. team Black top teams five going into the year. All right, teams. let's do it. Right, and we can, and yeah, like you can't be. We'll do it coming up. But yeah, it can't yeah, be the Lakers. No, it can't, can't be like be, the Lakers. It can't be. Yeah, it has yeah. to be like yo. Who am I watching on Tuesday night when yes. the going gets tough? I know mine, <laughs> but yeah, it's <laughs> tough. Exactly. So Zion looked good. Luca looked. Luca looked slimmer. Mm-hmm. So those are the, uh, always the big question marks. Go on Twitter. There's a side by side view of Z- Zion at the same podium yeah, crazy. he was at last year. He looks in way better shape. He had a. He had a great interview with Malika Andrews where he seemed locked in and very, very happy. And and remember Malika, there was like rumbling that he, under, he didn't want to play there, right? Malika under fire last week for trying to come at Stephen A. You see what you saw that? I, I saw part of that. I, I saw he was like, You're not gonna talk to me like that. I'm well, yeah, it was like it that. was because she was trying to say that he was saying something that he absolutely wasn't saying. Yeah, we haven't even touched on the Udoka because you guys have gotten your coverage on that. You, we, yeah, you, I don't need not, to talk about I don't that. need to talk about that. A, I need all the details. <laughs> yeah, for real. There is no still coming. parts of this story that aren't out yet, so I'm waiting for everything to come out because something's not adding up. But we're not ignoring it. But we're just we're just we're, like, we're sitting it on ice for a minute. Yeah, it's uh, that shit on that shit on the <laughs> freezer. Fluid. That shit in the back freezer <laughs> yeah. in the bottom back, corner. Back freezer. Man. <laughs> shout out, shout out Long though. Shout out Neil Long. Man. You already know what time. Shout oh, out to Shout out to you. Yo, someone shit. on Twitter said he's the first dude to lose two rings in one year. I said he lost two two rings in one year. <laughs> Yo, it's two way worse because a gig, everything. It's, it's funnier just real quick because like Nia Long was like every black dude's crush when they were like, you know, 14, 15 years old. Like we all grew has, up on, we all grew up on the Nia Long train. So I saw like, damn, you blew that bag. Like I man. saw someone on Twitter tweet, <laughs> this is bad because. Neil Long has an 100% approval rating in the black community. 100%. That, that's unfaltered. They, that's what they tweet. Un- Everybody likes Neil Long. No one's got a problem with Neil yeah, Long. Yeah, no one's so. got a problem with Neil Long. So it's like, damn, bro. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, of course, our boy Jimmy Butler showed up. I, uh, I love this guy. This guy is great, man. I love this I, guy, I, man. I, I, I put it on uh, my IG story. And you know and, what? It's um, cornball activity if he wasn't such a fucking hooper killer. and a baller and absolutely shows and up. A great and almost did the finals last year again. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> right. 100%. Jimmy B yeah. is a, has been always been a ball player his entire time in the league. He showed up. And I want to tell you this. I'm, I'm going to take a guess that in a week, those braids and stuff or the extensions will be out and he'll be back to his – he just wanted to make a joke on media day. But he's like had he them wanted, for like four months, though. No, no, no. He had them all summer. <laughs> yeah, but I'm telling summer. you, he kept them in until media day. And I bet you in the next couple of weeks he'll take them out and that he just wanted to have a joke on media day where he has, you know, that th- those memories and that joke on film and on and on camera and has pictures and every all the stuff in stadium of them hyping people up he's got the braids i'm sure he's doing yeah, oh i bet you he's, he's got one like this two chains yeah. of the braids yeah, yeah exactly so oh, he's got the opals oh yeah hey, listen if you don't know he shaved he didn't have the beard he yeah. shaved off the beard and had the long yeah if, if you're new to the show we are very big we're we are very big jimmy very butler pro guys jimmy butler. very pro everything jimmy, pro does. jimmy B. we love jimmy butler we watched yes. him. We watched him get it from out the mud. We watched him come up from nothing, from the thirtieth pick in the yeah. draft to be an NBA superstar. So we, you will hear no Jimmy Butler slander on this hour ever. Yeah. On a serious note, 
one of the things that did come out for media day for the Chicago Bulls yesterday, uh, Jason Goff asked Arturo Karnasovis about Lonzo Ball. Something's not right there. Karnasovis, our Karnasovis said that Ball, we did everything we could to not have surgery. We tried to avoid him going under the knife for as long as we could. Checked out multiple different routes. Surgery was the only option, and in six weeks, we'll evaluate and see where he's at. My gut and how it feels is not very good. No. And that they're exploring. They're trying to figure out what they can do to fix what's going on, and exploratory surgery is not very good. You want to have surgeries to fix things. Fix yeah, things explore, let's figure and, out. Yeah, we got to get in and there get, and see what's And up. get yeah. right, not yeah. let's figure out what's going on. So uh, that's not very encouraging. But It's a um, bad situation, man. That Lonzo situation. Anytime you see a guy get hurt last year, right, and you come to the next year and it's still not figured out, like it's one thing to be rehabbing at this point. Yeah. Kind of like you said, that does happen with guys. You got to, you know, it takes you a little bit of the season to get back. Yeah. But to not know what's wrong, you could go in there and find all types of other shit that could require him to miss more times. And I saw someone on Twitter was like, people were acting like Lonzo Ball is Zach Levine. I'm like, yeah, obviously you don't watch Chicago Bulls. Lonzo Ball is crucial to what we do on both sides yeah. of the ball. He that Whoever that was doesn't watch him at all. Doesn't, doesn't watch it at all. Lonzo yeah. Ball is our best perimeter defender. He's our catalyst on offense. Um, and if you remember when the Bulls were really rolling, it was when Ball and Caruso were kind of doing their thing defensively and which freed up a lot for DeMar and Zach. So, I mean, if yeah, you, you obviously were not watching the basketball games uh if you think that Lonzo Ball is not one of the most important pieces on this Bulls team yeah and kind of again what kind of puts it all together because without yeah uh, go, go ahead you're saying no without, I was gonna say without Ball it's it's kind of a wonky roster I mean if you watch the games without Ball last year we were shit yeah the game they were they were bad so right. yeah it's it's listen we were for years we were clamoring for a point guard we got a point guard the team looked like they were one of the best teams they were top four or five team in the east we lost the point guard we're bottom eight nine ten team in the east Simple as that. Yep. Bottom line, if you were watching them, you'd know that. I saw this take on TikTok, and I want to get your opinion on it. I, I, I wish I had the dude's at because it was interesting, and he was getting a lot of traction, and he had a bunch of comments on it. He thinks Zach Levine – this is an interesting take. He thinks Zach Levine got so focused on proving everybody wrong that he could actually be a pure two – and a jump shooter and a tough shot maker that he has abandoned his athletic go to the rim explosive game too much to the point where it's hindering him. Now he's too focused on taking jump shots and, and, and hard jumpers instead of getting to the rack, getting to the free throw line and, and using his athletic ability. He needs to go back to that. And he essentially, he needs to balance it out more and mix in the, the, he shouldn't be a pure jump shooting, hard shot maker. Instead, it should be a mix of him being insanely explosive, using that top tier athleticism that he has and shooting hard, tough jump shots. He's tried to go so he's gone so far right that he essentially he at, at the core of a ball player. He is he's let that go so he can prove around the league that, hey, I am a jump shooter. I can be a pure two. Yeah, I mean, I think that the biggest thing with Zach last year is he was hurt. I don't think I think the explosion wasn't there, not because he didn't want it to be there. I think he had to he had to change his game on the fly or become more of a shooter or, you know, more stuff kind of away from the best because he wasn't healthy. If you look at down the stretch last year, that knee wasn't right. We talked about it all last year. Zach did not look right down the stretch. That knee was clearly bothering him. 
he didn't have the explosion that he normally has. So I think that forced him to change his game. I don't think that that was a choice because he's like, hey, I need to, you know, be a, a shooter and all that. I think Zach is very comfortable with the player that he is, and he's going to get it the way that he's supposed to get it, and that's going to the basket with a speed and a first step that's one of the best in the NBA. He but just didn't have that because he just didn't have the explosion, man. I mean, look at those games down the stretch. He, he just didn't have the same explosion, really, at the end of the year. I mean, you get towards that last month, month and a half of the season, really post-break, if you want to be, be honest about it. The explosion wasn't there because he was hurt. Zach was clearly injured by the end of the year, and I think that that's why there was a lot of deferring out to DeMar. DeMar kind of handled a lot of that because Zach wasn't healthy last year. I don't, I don't feel like he was ever fully healthy last year at any point in the season. But really in the second half, you saw him kind of just struggle, and he just seemed like that knee was – was giving him problems. So that would be my more concern would be Zach's health going forward. Is this going to be an every year thing as opposed to him taking more shots? He's a good shooter. Yeah. Right. He's a solid shooter. It's not like we have a problem with Zach Levine taking more jumpers, but what makes Zach Zach is that elite blinding athleticism that he has. But I, I think that was more of a function of him being injured last year. Did you see any, did you see any of the Lakers media day? They they were asking all the players what's their favorite LeBron moment of the 20-year span, and then they asked Pat Bev. And Pat Bev said when he when he pinned LeBron shit one time. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. That's funny, he, he referred he referred to his own his own chatter or his own play. Which can, was, can I yeah. can I give you something? I kind of actually like for all the funniness, I actually like the Pat Bev move for the Lakers. If you look at it, LeBron, some of LeBron's best work has been when he has somebody else out there to yap, right? Like when he played with Rondo in the Lakers. Like he loved playing with Rondo because Rondo was a high IQ player who would tell other people what to do, and it takes shit off LeBron's plate. I don't think LeBron wants to have to do everything. So if you look at Beverly, with all the antics and theatrics, at the end of the day, Pat Beverly is a high IQ winning player who is going to direct traffic out there, especially on the defensive end. Hey, you need to get in position. You need to go over there. You're low man, yeah, he's whatever not it might afraid be, to right? speak up. Yeah, and I think LeBron likes guys like that. Again, go back to Rondo, right? Rondo, it has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because he is so headstrong, but LeBron loved him. Loved him. Remember they said he used to watch film with Rondo? Like, that was his guy because LeBron respects high IQ players. Um, so I think that that move is actually going to work. I think the biggest thing, the biggest issue that they have, without a doubt, is the Westbrook thing. I would almost, I don't know how many years are left on that deal, but I would almost buy him out because I just don't, it's like for the last like three years, we've been like, oh, is Russell going to change to be a winning player? This is who he is, man. This is who he is. And I don't. it doesn't work with what the Lakers are trying to do, and he kind of just gets in the way. But I like the Pat Beverly thing. I think I don't think the Lakers are going to be any good this year, but I like I like the idea of Pat Beverly on that squad because I think that's the type of player LeBron likes to play with. Yeah, I'm not mad at that at all. I'm excited for the NBA to start. I'm excited being down the street from Barclays. I'm going to try to go to as many games. Yeah, you should. As I possibly can. I was actually can you looking even, into Can you like even a, go over there, or do you got to put on, like, a hoodie when you walk into Barclays, <laughs> man? You don't want, nah, you don't nah, want, the, you don't want the mafia seeing you in there, man. I'll be That's straight what, over there. You can't there, do that, man. bro. You I'll be can't straight do that. Over there. Oh, I'm gonna be, man. I'm going to be going to see the other teams. So I'll be I'll be good over there. So I'm going to be in there in sunglasses and a hoodie. Like, no, it's not me. Um. Yo, well, speaking of Barclays, you heard Kyrie's like, yeah, being unvaccinated cost me four years and hundred plus hundred million. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, truth. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. No, I mean, it depends what he, if he get, if he gets an extension this year. It didn't. Can I give? Oh, real quick. So I did. You you said you listened to it yesterday, so I wanted to listen to it oh, before man. we hopped on the pod. The Simmons uh, shit. Yeah, so I listened to Simmons on Reddit. One hundred percent. 
didn't learn a whole bunch. What I did learn is what I already knew. He is a very insecure kind Sensitive. of very, not yes. comfortable with himself. I watched the video of it. He's just not. Oh, I didn't watch the video. I listened to it. He's very much like this. He just kind of like, you know, you watch some of these guys. Like a great example is like KD. You look at KD in an interview. KD's like this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, whatever. You know, Simmons is very, very comfortable in very, his own skin. Yeah. yeah. Kate, Simmons is very tense. And I get, I, I, I don't doubt that he for sure was going through things after listening to the interview. Yeah. And I do think that, um, and looking back, I do think that the fact that Doc and Joel did publicly throw him under the bus, right? We can all be like tough it up and all that. That would hurt. That would suck for anybody, right? Like yeah. those two guys are supposed to have your back. And I think that that's where JJ kind of missed on the interview. I feel like he really should have went on the relationship with him and Joel. And maybe he didn't because JJ is close to the situation. Joel's sure. his guy. Ben's his guy. He played for that organization. But I felt there was more there. But overall, coming away from it, man, I still didn't – I felt at times he became like – he was doing the whole, like, I don't care what people say, but everything yeah. he was saying was caring what people say. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. well, I'm going to go prove them. But he's like, I don't care what people say. I, I, I got to drill it out. I know how good I am. So I just felt like that was kind of interesting. But overall, didn't learn too much I about it. I think he didn't – he didn't really – like, the whole premise was that he was going through stuff mentally. For sure. But then he didn't really like lock in and double down on that when asked about situations. I don't want to hear about, yeah, you know, I spun into a jersey and I didn't know who it was. So I saw Thibault come and he's athletic. Yeah. And I tried to dump it up. Listen, bro, just say you weren't locked into the series mentally. I was going through some things. I wasn't feeling comfortable. And that's the reason why I played that way. Yeah. He was kind of saying how mentally he was, sh- he was shook. And, he, you know, he was going through things, but then, like, that didn't really affect how I was playing, man. I just played basketball. In Australia, we like to pass yeah. and run the floor. What are you talking about, dude? And then and he JJ's kept telling like, us how good he was at basketball, too. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you guys don't know what I – and I'm guarding the other team's best yeah. player. Oh, he kept – Herter had what? Then he goes, Herter had what, 27? Then he kept, then he kept going back to – but, you know, I'm also guarding the best player on the other sure. side. It's like – we're talking about you offensively refusing to shoot and then you catching the ball by the rim and refusing to dunk it. And it wasn't just and then one JJ, game, it was multiple fourth quarters in yes, that series. Yes, and then JJ kind of touched on it like, well, I've played series with you where you've gone crazy, 18, yeah. 11, and 9. Yeah. Right. And then even the series before, you were putting up double digits and you were playing well on offense, and then all of a sudden you got to Atlanta and, and you weren't good. doing that. He was like – you know how we play ball. I like to run the floor, and I, I just like to get people involved. And oh, and I'm guarding the best player. Almost yeah. like, oh y'all, win. y'all want me to score too? Yeah, like yeah, that exactly. was kind of like how Bro, he was angling it. You're so thirty that, million a year. Yes, yeah, yeah. I didn't really. It was. It didn't. He got I, defensive. Yes, he got defensive and yeah. kept going back to his resume, his like, pedigree, exactly. who he y'all, is. Y'all, right. y'all need to remember who I am. It's like, bro, right. you haven't played in a whole year. Like you're, you're kind of like. He was missing all the other shit that yeah. you should be culpable for. There wasn't a lot of accountability, I feel like. Yes, exactly. For right. his role in all of it. Like, yo, we get, I just said, it sucks that they threw you under the bus. Yeah. You wouldn't like that. I wouldn't like that. Uh, I think Tommy Alter even said he's like, a lot of us would leave our job if that happened. Absolutely. Yeah. Nobody's arguing with that. Yeah. But take some culpability in your, in your, in, in it, what you did. It wasn't just the fact that you didn't know that Trey Young or you didn't know that it was going to be Trey Young coming over there. It was multiple fourth quarters in that series. Yeah. It was, it was flat out 
talking out of both sides that mentally I was having a hard time, but then like, don't forget who I am. And, and by the way, I was guarding the best player who didn't, wasn't doing too much. Don't forget yeah. that. But yeah. also don't forget that mentally I was a little shook and which is completely fine and understandable. But yeah, it was, it was just a weird, it didn't answer anything for me. I was like, I still anything. left thinking like this guy mentally is still not all the way back to, to running on full. Strange 100%. dude too. Strange and just, dude. Yeah. So like a lot of like, just a lot of like, really awkward he's just kind of like awkward again you got to see the video but like the whole time it was like i gotta watch the video it was yeah. like one of these and he's like they're on both sides of him so he's like, when he's answering questions like it's just not like the comfortability you know what i yeah. mean like remember when kate when paul george was talking about his mvp year and he was sunk <laughs> back in the chair it wasn't the paul george mvp like paul george meant that shit he, he believed that <laughs> he believed it. in that moment <laughs> paul george was dead ass serious we need to have that like queued up as one of our clips hey you know we need to have they told him to go they matt Barnes told him to look at the camera he said look at the camera and what you want to tell the to yeah, tell the fans I'm, going I'm into the year Back in a beanbag, my MVP year. He looked, he about. looked dead to cameras like. <laughs> you remember Paul me in Indiana? George, yeah. Paul George MVP year coming up. Y'all get ready. Doug, we need that clip, and we need the Anthony Lynn clip always queued up for whenever That's we funny. talk about them. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out Anthony Lynn. It <laughs> was good stuff. All right, I got to go in ten, five, <laughs> more like five. Really, let's talk about the Pro Bowl really quick. NFL replaces the Pro Bowl with a flag football competition between the AFC and the NFC. Game will take place a week before the Super Bowl. They're going to do some games, I believe. Skills competitions and skills shit. competitions. I think this could They're basically be really do an cool. All Star Saturday night at the yes. Pro Bowl, which is what they should have done a long time ago. I think it could be really cool if it's done the right way and if you get people to participate. Like yeah. I think people would love to see Tyreek Hill in a foot race against against DK Metcalf. Right. Yes. Yes. Like, like that type of stuff. People would really put some money really on the line see. or some some sort of some, yeah. trophy. Then, something. These guys are competitive. Yes. And then that's the thing too. The sportsbook can get involved and put lines on some of this stuff. It would be really fun and do like some quarterback competitions. They can make. That's actually really a great fun. angle. You should pair it with like a DraftKings or a FanDuel yep. and make a whole event out of it where you're putting. Yes. You can oh my bet, god! You what can bet idea? on each event yeah, and who yeah. who can. The farthest, the quarterback throw, farthest, farthest quarterback throw competition. Who could throw at the right. farthest? Yeah, accuracy competition. I don't know what they have on the docket, but if they get people to buy in, this one be hand cool. catch competitions, all types yeah, of yeah, exactly. Yeah. How many, how many one hand catches can you can can you do in a row? Like all, throw, all types throw, of stuff. Put some right? linemen on the jugs machine, see who can catch in the offense. Yeah, like, exactly. You can do a lot who, of fun shit with it. Yeah, exactly. Let's have, let's have Aaron Donald go out for routes. Like you could do a lot of fun shit. You could do it, a lot sure. of fun stuff. So we'll we'll see where it shakes. Depending on what's on the docket, I, I might tune in. But yeah. and but the, the, but even from a from a business side, this is a perfect thing that you could chop up for like social yes. and little clips and just make. Not that the NFL needs to get more popular, but that's the type of stuff that keeps you relevant, keeps it fun, and it's always you know we don't we we don't highlight how dangerous this game is week to week, but this could be like a fun a fun thing that they could highlight. Well, and here's the thing, man. Like, it was a guarantee that I wouldn't have watched the Pro Bowl before. And I'm not saying go. I'm going to watch this. Right. But I am now way, way more inclined choice. to watch. Yeah. Like, if it happens before, I could have had nothing on TV. If the Pro Bowl was on, I'm not watching. I'll, I'll go read a book. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But with, with this, like, there is a chance I might tune in. And like you said, the social aspect of it, you're going to be able to hype it up, right? You're going to be able to, if you, let's say you start this on Thursday and by Sunday is when all the big shit is, yeah. have some smaller things on Thursday that you chop up, get people excited for, pair it with some, uh, with some of your gambling partners, yeah. some of your other exactly. partners. 
Um, to be honest, the football game itself was never going to be good. You can't have an exhibition football game. You just can't do it. It's not like yeah. the NBA All-Star game where you're throwing alley-oops. Guys yeah. can't bullshit football. Yes. You know what I mean? A lot of guys are just not right. trying to get hurt. So I right. think with the flag, it's like, hey, offensive linemen, you guys just kind of stay back. It's fine. It's all good. But let's get some of these receivers out here. Let's get some of these fun, exciting players in a fun flag football game, depending on how you do the rules. Could yeah. be interesting, right? Again, I'm not guaranteed to tune in, but I'm way more likely to tune in than, uh, than than regular Pro Bowl. The regular Pro Bowl has been dying a slow death for 15 years. It was never it was never good. It was never fun. There's nothing on the line, and it was just guys could get hurt, right? So you got to try something. I'm happy that they got rid of it and still kept something. Guys will still be recognized as Pro Bowlers, which matters. But as far as the actual game, yeah, try something new, man. You're not losing anybody. No one's like, man, I can't wait to watch the fucking Pro Bowl. Like <laughs> nobody. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. All right, man. We'll leave it there. For Big Nick the Quick, I'm your host, Sean Little. Make sure you subscribe everywhere. Tell the homies to tell a friend to tell a friend. You already know. We're back next Tuesday. No catch on Sports Talk Big Chicago. We're out of here.